This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, February 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Progress on HLB. SGMA grants may wait. Valadeo interview. And USDA climate czar talks carbon. Signs of optimism with California's other epidemic. Citrus greening has yet to be detected in California's commercial groves that despite the presence of the host insect for nearly a decade. UC Davis professor Neil McRoberts called that an optimistic sign but warned against complacency. At a webinar yesterday for a CDFA industry collaborative, McRoberts said the progress in the state has made deserves a gold star compared to how other places in the world have responded to the threat. Beyond practices like tree removal and immediate treatment, California has benefited from other factors that may have kept the insect at bay better than in Florida and Texas, he explained. That includes a Mediterranean climate and topography that limits movement. Years of data gathered on the insect have also helped researchers better focus their efforts and limited resources. Valadeo talks dairy, immigration, and water policy. House Republican David Valadeo, who recently regained his San Joaquin Valley seat, spoke with AgriPulse yesterday for our Washington Weekend Review. Valadeo shared his thoughts on how the GOP might work with Democrats and the Biden administration on key farm policy issues. He spoke about carbon credits and adequate dairy safety net and farm workforce and addressing needed carbon action in California water. Watch the full interview at agripulse.com. Early funding not likely for SGMA grants. Analysts and environmental groups push back on a proposal for immediate grants to support groundwater sustainability during a budget subcommittee hearing this week. The Department of Water Resources is requesting $60 million to help regions draft and implement plans for the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. The administration wants half of that to be available as soon as the budget is passed in June. The funding would help with the design and construction of water projects outlined in the plans. The overall request had broad support, but the Legislative Analyst Office said the immediate funding provision had not met a high bar set for early allocations. The administration has already taken some of that money off the table to support other programs. The Finance Department pushed back, arguing the money would accelerate economic stimulus, primarily in the Central Valley. Senate Ag adds five members spanning the ideological spectrum. The Senate Agriculture Committee will have five new members this year, including Democrats who will bring their social justice concerns to the panel. The committee will be chaired by Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, expanded to 22 members, evenly split 11 each between parties. Republicans controlled the committee 11 to 9 during the last Congress. Democrats are adding three new members, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Ben Ray Luan of New Mexico, and Raphael Warnock of Georgia. Republicans are adding two members, Roger Marshall of Kansas and Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. All but Booker are newly elected. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. USDA, we won't compete with private sector on carbon. 
USDA's top climate advisor is trying to dispel concerns that the administration's carbon spending will crowd out private investors. That's a concern shared by some entities that are building private carbon credit markets. We don't want to compete with private investments, says Robert Bonney, leading proponent of using USDA's Commodity Credit Corporation spending authority to create a carbon bank that would buy and sell carbon credits. The idea is to help jumpstart carbon markets. We actually want to figure out how to build policy in a way that invites more investment in agriculture that gives producers more opportunities, Bonnie said on a webinar sponsored by the Agree Economic and Environmental Risk Coalition. Bonnie defended using the CCC for carbon trading, saying that carbon is a commodity right now, and the CCC is intended to help stabilize commodity markets. But Ann Simmons, the House Ag Committee's Majority Staff Director, cautioned that lawmakers will have a lot of questions about the concept. Some of our members are going to ask, why do you need a carbon bank? Who's going to buy the credits? All those questions still need to be asked, she said. Equity lens will be important. Bonnie cautioned that climate policies will have to work for minority farmers. Thinking about that equity lens is going to be really, really important, he said. There are concerns that carbon credits will primarily benefit large, well-capitalized farms and that the credits will drive up land values. But Bonnie still has some work to do selling the administration's policy to larger conventional farms. For a variety of reasons, many aren't convinced they'll benefit, cautions Josh Tonsanger, Vice President of Policy and Communications for the National Association of Wheat Growers. The skepticism isn't around whether climate change is real or happening or not. It's about what the current solutions are and what it's going to mean to their bottom line, he said during a conference sponsored by Crop Insurance and Reinsurance Bureau. One of the top concerns, cover crops compete for needed moisture in drier areas. Land Lakes launches credit program. Land Lakes announced through its Trutera subsidiary the launch of its True Carbon credit program. Its first customer is Microsoft, which has announced a goal of being carbon negative by 2030. Participating farmers will be paid $20 a ton of the first tranche of credits this summer. Take note, qualifying farmers, quote, may be compensated for carbon sequestration retroactively up to five years based on the soil health practices they adopted in prior growing seasons. That provision gets its concerns that early adopters of conservation practices will be left out of carbon payments. Here's today's She Said It. We do want to make sure we are driving the conversation and not having someone else on Capitol Hill or somebody else who is less informed tell us what that policy is going to look like. That Callie Idenberg of the Environmental Defense Fund, a partner in the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance, which released more than 40 policy proposals in November. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, February 5th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Allen.